Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So, uh, Jacob, I have some bad news for you. My daughter has decided that you can't be called Jacob because when your name popped up and, and, and now she got mad and she decided, no, no, Daddy Jacob. That, no, Daddy Jacob. So pick a new name, man. You got you to gotta choose something else. Um, I know 18 is kind of a hard time to make that call, but three-year-olds win, man. Three-year-olds win. So, um, yeah, so about two months ago, Pastor Barry was like, hey, I want you to speak on graduation Sunday. I was like, okay, that, I saw that coming. You know, youth pastor, that's kind of my job. I'm going to give you what you're going to preach on. Okay, great. Month ago, I checked in. Hey, so you got kind of like a ballpark figure, like what you want me to like, you know, is there a certain passage? Is there a certain topic? Oh, yeah, I'll get it to you. Okay. Two weeks ago, I check in. Hey, uh, you, got, you got that information? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get it to you. So last week, I'm like, hey, man, so um, we're about nine days out. Can I, uh, can I get like the passage you want me to focus on? I've decided you can just do it. Sweet. Okay, awesome. Um, and those of you that have been around for a long time are not surprised by that at all. Um, and those of you that are new are like, oh, is this going to be really bad? And it might be. Um, but I uh, I'd kind of been expecting it, if I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, I kind of, part of me knew, like, towards the end of this, he was going to be like, nah, just... You just do you. I trust you. So um, I, I've been looking at this for a little while, and there were a lot of different options I could go with. There's a lot of, you know, cliche graduate Sunday messages that are rah-rah and inspirational, or they're, you know, here's like a step-by-step of what to do. And then I thought, why don't I just talk about all the dumb stuff I did and give you a what-not-to-do list? Because, you know, getting that first degree took me seven years, not because I failed, but because I kept changing decisions. And like, I'm going to do this major, I'm going to do this major. Seven years later, I finally got one degree, um, and I thought, y'all don't want to hear about all that mess. Y'all don't, there's no reason for that. And then God laid on my heart, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, and the uh, little subtitle in my, in my Bible for this is uh, that it is um, Paul's, uh, Paul's charge to Timothy. Um, and this is kind of his, it's at the end of this letter, and it's, it's Paul's like, okay, look, I've been mentoring you, and here's what you need to know. Here, here's the summary. Here's the end point. Here's the, the last of it. So I started looking at it, and I was like, man, this is really good for the graduates. And I went, this is really good for all of us. Like, this is, this is some good stuff right here. So if you don't mind, I would really like to, um, I'd like to begin uh, with, with some prayer um, and, and ask God to very much speak through me uh, the way that he was speaking to me. So if you would uh, bow with me. Father, thank you for uh, these graduates and the chance to celebrate them. Um, I know there are more and that we are missing them, and so we are thankful for them as well. Um, I'm thankful for, God, just the life. Um, I'm thankful for the opportunities. I'm I'm thankful for the the love that they've experienced and and the the part they've played in our church. Um, Father, you have done great things, and you have even greater things still to do for them, and I'm so thankful for that. God, I'm, I'm thankful for the group that you've gathered with us this morning, and I pray that uh, as, you, as you spoke to me and as you taught me, Father, that you'll speak through me and you'll teach through me, um, that this will be 
very much, God, the, the word that, that you have for us this morning. Um, I don't believe anything happens by accident, um, and so I pray that you, that you move and that you're glorified, and I would pray these things in your name. Amen. So, um, I just want to read this real quick, and then we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, but First Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 11, but as for you, O man of God, so first and foremost right there, I love that that's how he addresses Timothy. But as for you, O man of God. So we, 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 I don't know about you guys, when I hear about Paul and Timothy, I almost imagine Timothy being like a high school aged kid. Like I imagine like a 17 to 20 year old, like he's, he's about to step out. Like I, I don't know, that's just what my head goes to all the time. Uh, and so here you have Paul, who is this extremely significant religious figure. But as for you, O man of God. Flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole passage real quick. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed, blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. And there's more we'll read later, but I, I just I love how passionately Paul is writing to Timothy here. And so uh, today uh, I, got, I got three points for us. Number one is, is this active language that Paul uses to pursue, to fight, to take. See, when Paul talks about the Christian life, he doesn't talk about this quiet and, and chill and passive. He says, no, you need to pursue these things, and you need to fight for these things, and you need to take these things. Uh, and so there's this very active tense, and, and, and point two is going to be to keep your eye on, on the prize and to not get distracted. And then three, uh, and the one that I love this point the most, is to guard the deposit. So let's just jump right into this. So in 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 12, what I just read, Paul says to pursue righteousness, and godliness, and faith, and love, and steadfastness, and gentleness, and there's just this whole list of things, and he says to pursue it, he says to seek it out, and so those of you that are about to go off, and you're going to leave the home for the first time, and, and those of you who have already done that can attest to this, um, there are two things that every 20-year-old thinks they have to have, and that's a spouse and a place to live. And I don't know about you, but when I was in college, there were people there who were clearly in college just to get a spouse. Um, I went to a private Christian university for like a year and a half, and there were, uh, I'd say probably half the people that were at that campus were more focused on, I've got to find my bride or my, my groom, I've got to find my spouse, than they were about, you know, learning their actual degree. So it's like, what, what degree are you getting? Probably not. I'm just going to stay here until I get married, and then I'll, you know, drop out. Like I, that's it was crazy, but that was that's kind of what it was. And and I thought, okay, well, this is weird. Until I started seeing how desperately these people were pursuing a significant other. Like it was like anybody who walks by, like, are you my wife? It's like the little Dr. Seuss book. Uh, yeah, the Dr. Seuss. Are you my mother? Are are you my spouse? Are you the one that God has for me? I mean, you're just walking by to the diner. I don't even know you, but are you my spouse? Like it very much felt like that. Um, and then uh, I went to try to find an, an, an apartment for my wife and I when we were first getting married. And um, 
I feel like during the, the month or two we were looking for an apartment, I could have got hired by the FBI for how much I was creeping everything I possibly could. I was driving by at different times of the day to check out, like, okay, how does this place look in the daylight versus at night? Like, does it look sketchy? Like, is there a cheaper place? Can I get a two-bedroom? Can I get a three-bedroom? Like, can we get all these different things? Like, I was, like, investigating every last little thing. Like, I was pursuing it. I was, I was seeking it. Like, it's all I could think about because... You know, I was driving through, I'm like, I'm going to pull off over here and take this 10-minute detour so I can go check out some more apartments because I just want to see, if, you know, if we can get the right apartment, get the right one. And so uh, here we have Paul telling Timothy to pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and to pursue these things. He's not saying, like, hope for these things. He's saying to pursue them, to go after them, to chase after them. Um, and and it's, it's, it's kind of this desperation because what Timothy is, is going to be soon at this point is, is on his own. He's not going to have Paul. So Paul's like, man, you've got to chase these things. Because it's about to get really hard. It's about to get really difficult. It's about to get really tough to be who, who you've been. It's about to get really tough to stand firm because it's going to be really easy to not stand firm. It's going to get extremely easy to do whatever is just flowing naturally out of you instead of doing what you know is right. It's going to get so easy. I don't care uh, what, what you do in life, where you're at in life. Um, when we get on our own, it's, it's much easier to do the things that we wouldn't necessarily be proud of. So there's a lot of people when they move off, they start to live this whole different life because there's nothing holding them anymore. There's nothing, you think you're not being held back, in reality you're not being held accountable and you're not being, you're not being held safe anymore and that's the difference. And so uh, people go off to college or they move away from home for a new job when they're 30 or they, they move out of their parents' house into their husband's house or they, they do whatever and all of a sudden they start to find themselves going a different direction because it's easy. It's so easy to, instead of pursuing righteousness and godliness and faith and love and steadfastness and gentleness, to start pursuing all the desires of the flesh. It becomes so easy. And Paul's telling Timothy, is, man, I'm not going to be there all the time. You are on your own. You are going to have to stand firm. And if you try to just stand still, you're going to get knocked down. So instead, you've got to chase these things, pursue these things. You've got to run after these things. And then his language even gets a little more, a little more intense, a little more active. And he says, you've got to fight the good fight. He doesn't say, again, don't, don't just sit here and, and hope and we'll, I'll, you know, I'll get to it eventually. He's like, no, you've got to fight for these things. Like you've, you've got to, to absolutely like dig your feet in, hold your ground and fight. And it'd be an active fight and realize that that mentality you put towards making sure you get the right grade or get the right job or get that right promotion is what you've got to do in your faith. You've got to pursue Christ the way you pursue a promotion. You've got to pursue Christ the way you pursue a spouse. Like, I would fight and kill for my family. Am I willing to fight and, and, and kill sin in my own personal walk with Christ? And it seems really hardcore and really over the top, and you know what it is? Because it is completely against everything that is in our nature. Because our nature is to do what's easy and what's selfish. 
And what God has told Paul and what Paul is passing on to Timothy and what we're getting taught here is that you're going to have to go against the grain. You're going to have to fight yourself, fight those around you, fight all the temptation that comes your way because you're going to have to do it. There's no, well, you might have to fight. No, you're going to have to fight. You have to. You can't just wait. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll find a church. You know, this happened all the time. Kids... And I did this. Man, I did this. I'm, I'm talking from experience. Uh, I got away from home, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go next Sunday. I'll try to find me a new church next Sunday. Well, next Sunday became next month, became next year, became... And it's not that the church saves you. We, we all know by now the church does not save you. Coming here today has nothing to do with your salvation. Christ saves you. Christ alone saves you. But the community of people is so crucial to you being able to, to stand firm and to fight. And so this language here is to pursue righteousness, to fight the good fight, to take hold of the eternal life, to, to grip it, to, to cling to it, to hold on to it. I saw a picture the other day, and it was really dumb. I don't understand people that do this kind of stuff, but it was, the, it was this couple, and they do like the free climbing stuff, right? And so the, uh, the guy is like, sort of sitting on a cliff and the girl is just holding his hands and like hanging out off the side like it's like some like trust exercise and I'm like you're insane you people are stupid and like I'm not all into like Darwinism but you know um, if you fall that's kind of on you man uh, but but <laughs> I zoomed in on the picture and like you can see like the way she has his hands gripped and I'm thinking that girl is never ever 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 gonna let go like, she might pull both of them down with her, but she's not going to let go because she realizes that her entire existence is clinging to that dude's hands right there. And, and that's what Paul's saying here. Like, Christ has saved you. You don't have to live in sin and guilt and shame. So cling to that. Claim that. Hold on to it. We talk all the time about, you know, claim your future, claim your success. I'm so tired of hearing, oh, we'll just speak it into existence. No, you got to go fight for it. Take a hold of it. Like, don't, don't sit here and think, oh, well, I'm going to be fine. No, you're not. Not with that attitude. You've got to fight for that stuff. You've got to go into this knowing that, okay, I'm fixing to leave my mom and dad for the first time. I'm about to leave my hometown for the first time. I'm about to leave my, my, my home church for the first time. And you've got to go in prepared to fight. This is all active. There's nothing passive about this. And I feel like so often it's like, hey, congratulations, just, you know, just go enjoy it. It's the best years of your life, just go enjoy it. No, you need to go and, and enjoy the growth of it. You need to go and enjoy God working on you and, and using you in a place that most people are giving up. You know, Pastor Barry a couple weeks ago was talking about the statistics on how we lose so many people from high school until like 30. You want to know why? It's because they just kind of cruise through it all. Like, okay, I'll be fine. And then, you know, seven, eight, nine years of, of depression and bad decisions later, they come back to the church just like, you know, crawling on their hands and knees, just trying to make it back in the doors. You got to be ready to fight. You got to fight for that righteousness and that godliness and that faith and that love and that steadfastness and that gentleness. I'm going to keep repeating them the whole time because it's, it's such a... a core to who Christ has us to be versus who we are on our own. And so uh, that was by far the longer point of the day. uh, Point two is one that is really simple, but it's just a reminder we need, and that's to keep your eye on the prize. One of my favorite movies growing up is The Sandlot. 
And then I have a daughter who loves The Sandlot, and so it's my favorite movie again. It's great, right? And so I love at the beginning of the movie where the dad's like, just keep your eye on the ball. And then, you know, he gets the big, massive black eye, and they put the stake on it. It's great. I love that because that was my childhood growing up. Um, man, Paul is saying, 1 Timothy six seventeen through 19, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. You are about to enter into the part of your life, graduates, where everything is about money. It's about saving money. It's about earning money. It's about getting the best degree to get the most money. And guess what? No, it's not. You can chase that dream all you want, and you're going to end up wanting more regardless. It doesn't matter if you're successful or if you fall on your face. You're going to end up wanting more of that. If your treasure is money, if your treasure is success, then you're going to fail and you're going to fall short. However, if your treasure is Christ... then all the rest of it is going to work. If, if on a Saturday night in October, your treasure is yourself, you might make some more bad decisions. If, if your degree is focused on self, you're, you're going to end up spinning your wheels and it takes seven years to graduate. I don't know who did that, but, you know, seven years to get one degree, that's, you know, whatever. But if your treasure is Christ, if your focus is, I want to be pleasing to Christ, then guess what? You're going to be fine. You're going to be where you need to be because God's going to put you where he wants you and where he wants you is going to be successful. Now, is that going to be a $120,000 a year job? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe he has going to have you in that position so you can turn around and use that money. Maybe it's going to be he moves you across the world to serve him. But regardless, keep your eyes on Christ. Christ being the prize is going to change absolutely everything. And I want to go ahead and get to this third point because I love this so much. 1 Timothy six twenty through 21. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, for by professing it some have swerved from the face or from the faith. Grace be with you. O Timothy, guard the deposit. Um, look, real simple. Christ uh, was the deposit for your sins and your salvation. God said, I'm going to spend Christ to save you. And we know that, and that's a theological truth, and that's one of those things that is foundational to who we are as Christians, why you guys got up on a Sunday morning instead of sleeping in like we all wanted to. But here's the other part of the deposit. I don't care if you're a graduate, or if you're 40, or if you're 60, there are people who have poured into you. There are people who have loved you, who have given you wisdom, who have cried over you, have cried because of you. There are people who have sacrificed their, their time, their resources, their everything for you. They have deposited a part of themselves into you. And what Paul is saying here is don't waste that. Now, history teacher, I love Saving Private Ryan. It's a fantastic movie very you know gory it's a great movie though uh, I've loved it ever since it first came out but one of the things that really just always resonates with uh, with me at the very end is as Matt Damon is sitting there watching uh, watching the sergeant die he looks him dead in the eye as everybody that was part of this crew just about has died and he looks at Ryan dead in the eye and he says earn this 
Most of my crew just died to save your tail. So earn this. See, it's already been paid. They've already died. The sacrifices have already been made, so earn it. Earn what they sacrificed. I'm telling you right now, I don't care if you're 12 or if you're 18 and fixing to move out or if you're 50 or if you're a 31-year-old youth pastor trying to still figure out life. I don't care who you are. You need to earn the sacrifice, earn the deposit that other people put down for you. Children, earn the deposit, the sacrifices that your parents made. This church has been pouring into you graduates, high school students, college students, adults that have been here since the beginning. This church has been pouring into you. Pastor Lynn, Pastor Barry have been pouring into you. A deposit has been made and we are called to earn that. We are called to not waste what's been given. 18 years of getting poured into just to throw it away over a few bad decisions in your 20s is, is such a such a waste. So my, my charge to end this is, parents, you have put in 17 to 18 years on these graduates. Those of you who have younger kids, you, you've put in 15 or 12 or 8 or 9 years. Continue to pour. Continue to place as much and as big and as powerful of a deposit as you possibly can on your children. And then make sure that what you've done is put them in a position to take that deposit and absolutely just run with it. To be better than what you were. See, Christ obediently gave himself. That's what he was called to do. The deposit was, Christ, you're going to go, you're going to die, you're going to save the world. And so my challenge to, to all of us is to earn the deposit of Christ, to earn the deposit of whoever it was that poured into you spiritually, whether that was a youth pastor or a parent or a grandparent, whoever it was that was that person who gave and gave and gave and gave and gave, earn that. With every decision, every step, earn the deposit by obediently following Christ. If Christ is our treasure and we obediently follow him, the rest will take care of itself. Um, this is always an exciting and sad time of the year. See parents getting upset. They're, they're torn between being excited about their kid graduating. I'm so proud of you, but also I'm so terrified for you. Parents, fear not. You've done what you can do. Trust God. Pray constantly. Kids, it's time to earn that deposit. I don't care if you're 12 or 18 or 50. Earn the deposit that was entrusted to you. Um, I want to pray for us. The band's going to come back up. We're going to, we're going to sing. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to think about the, those people who made a deposit in my life. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to praise God for those people as we stand and as we sing. Uh, I want to pray for us. Band, y'all can come on up. Father, thank you for uh, this day and for your word. And for the truths that you have given God, your sovereignty uh, has, has orchestrated such a, a beautiful book of scripture. And so I pray that these students who are just given a new, uh, a new study Bible will not let it collect dust, but will dig into it. They will pursue you. They'll fight for you by digging into those pages and living them out. I pray that us as the adults will continue to pray without ceasing for them. God, that when they, when they come to a crossroads and they feel 
they feel that push in the right direction, it's because, God, we have been praying for them to make the right decisions and make the good decisions and make the decisions that will glorify you ultimately. And Father, I pray that as some of us are having to let go of those we love and let them go off to new adventures, I pray that you give us peace and that you give us the wisdom of how to handle that. For those that have already done that, God, that, that are looking at their, their children, raising new families, I, I pray that you, again, just continue to give us wisdom and, and help us to understand, both as the younger and the elder, God, the wisdom from both groups, that that. The experiences we go through are, are meant to, to be shared and to be taught, and I pray that we'll do that. Um, God, I pray that everything from going outside and throwing axes and eating food that we're going to do here in a few minutes to the, the hard, toughest nights that we're going to go through, I pray that regardless, we will, we will seek each other and we'll seek you. And God, that we will enjoy this community and we'll enjoy this family. God, I pray that we don't waste a single sacrifice, whether it be Christ's or whether it be our grandparent or our parent or our youth pastor, whoever it was that, that just poured into us. I pray that we don't waste the deposit and that we'll obediently follow you. Father, we love you with everything that is inside of us. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.